mean, if you're not showing up in searches, it's basically like you don't exist. Um, there's sort of a, an SEO joke where it's like, where's the best place to hide a dead body on the second page of Google? Because <laughs> no one looks there. Welcome to Million Grinders, the podcast for creatives and marketers who are navigating the difficult path to success as entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Erica Peter. So, you know, as creatives and marketers offering your services, I'm pretty sure that you know that having a website is essential. It makes you look professional. But if people cannot find you, what's the point? And everybody wants to be on the first page of Google, but how? Well, to answer that question, I invited Teddy Besna, a digital marketing specialist who helps entrepreneurs get their website found online with SEO and content marketing. Hello, Teddy. Welcome to the Million Grinders podcast. Thank you for being here. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So for those who don't know you, would you introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Teddy Besna, and I'm the founder of Teddy Besna Digital Marketing. And I work with businesses to help them get their website found online. And I mostly do that through search engine optimization. But I also work with web content writing, uh, blog content strategy, and blog writing as well. So I work with a really wide range of businesses from Know, local service-based businesses to international e-commerce in pretty much every vertical sector or industry that you could think of and uh, help them to optimize the content and the experience that they have on their website so that they can drive qualified traffic and grow their business. Great. Thank you for this simple introduction. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so today I want to talk about simple tips to help creatives and marketers attract more clients with their websites. But before getting into that, can you give a simple definition of what SEO is? Yeah, absolutely. So search engine optimization is the process of creating the best content possible so that search engines feel that that is the most relevant result that they can possibly give. So whether someone is searching for a specific product, whether they're asking a question, if they're looking for a service, what search engine optimization does is it ensures that what you have on your website is the best possible result for primarily Google, but also a variety of other search engines to show to a user. So a lot of people think that search engine optimization is only for Google, but that's not actually true. There are a lot of other websites that are also search engines, and primarily those are YouTube. Pinterest is another big search engine that people don't really think of. Uh, but even if you're on a more specific platform where people are searching, so like Etsy or Amazon, all of those are search engines as well. So there's a lot of different ways that you can apply the principles of search engine optimization to multiple platforms and multiple strategies that you might have. Okay. So why is it so important? What can a solopreneur lose by not optimizing their content? I mean, if you're not showing up in searches, it's basically like you don't exist. Um, there's sort of a, an SEO joke where it's like, where's the best place to hide a dead body on the second page of Google? Because <laughs> no one looks there. And so um, it really is important that you're coming up on that first page and for relevant keywords. I've seen a lot of websites where people uh, maybe guess and try to think that this is what people are searching for. And it's not the actual right phrase that your clients are searching for to find your your content or your services. So if you're not showing up in search results, especially if that's an important driver for you, um, then really you're leaving money on the table. People aren't able to find you and see you. Uh, and the other advantage of SEO is that it's 
one of the only marketing channels that you're truly able to own. Uh, you know, with social media at any moment, the algorithm can change. Uh, there's obviously a strong paid element. And so a lot of people have seen their organic reach through Facebook and Instagram decrease. Uh, you can get your account blocked. You know, all these different things can happen. Whereas any investment that you make into your website, into making it easier to find online is an investment that you will keep even after you've spent the money or spent the time it's something that actually only gets better with time and longevity online. So um, you're definitely missing out on sort of the foundational marketing activities that make your website better for people to find and also to experience. So I feel like SEO is really a strong base and foundation for a lot of the other marketing work that any entrepreneur or creative would be doing. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that being on the first page is very important. And I'd like you to explain how does Google rank a website? Yeah, so there's actually hundreds of different ways that Google ranks a website. But the way that I like to explain it and sort of be able to future-proof your website is to always focus on the customer experience. And with every algorithm update that Google has had, it has simply been moving more and more towards a user's experience versus a robot's experience. So I think SEO feels really overwhelming because people think, oh, it's a lot of code and I have to be very technical. And certainly there are some portions of it that are a little bit more technical, but a lot of it is really about how do I make this easier and better for my potential customers? And so that is from, you know, using the correct keywords so that it's easy to find you, making sure that you have an amazing experience on your website, uh, making sure that things load quickly, that things are easy to navigate and find. Um, it's also really important, especially if you are sharing information to demonstrate authority and trustworthiness. There's a lot of people out there who are writing about a lot of different things, and especially for things that are um, health-related, money-related, anything to do with yeah, finance, personal wellness. Google does look for indicators of authoritativeness and trustworthiness. So uh, are other websites linking to you? Are you mentioning on your website about any credentials that you have? Something that will set you apart from someone who's simply doing this as a hobby or a personal interest what makes you authoritative? So uh, there's a couple different elements, of course, in you know relevancy, authoritativeness, trustworthiness, um, completeness of the information, especially for blog posts. So there's a lot of different elements, but an easy way is to, again, just continually focus on creating an exceptional customer experience for your potential users. Mm -hmm. So, you know, earlier you mentioned keywords. Mm -hmm. How would you define them and why they're so important? Yeah, so keywords are what people put into a search engine to find your results or your information. So uh, there are several different types of keywords. There's some of the more like primary or shorter keywords where someone is just looking for, you know, cafe, downtown Vancouver, something a little bit shorter. And then there are things that people are searching for, like, how do I grow my business online? And that would be more of a long tail keyword. And so there's different types of content on your site that are going to address different types of keywords. And this is why it's important to have a variety. Of course, you want to have you know, your homepage and your about page, but also having dedicated service pages that can speak directly to a specific keyword or key phrase, having blog content and longer resource content that can then answer some of those question-based uh, searches and long tail keywords, 
having that variety really helps you diversify all the keywords that you're ranking for that can drive traffic to your site. So especially if you are a service provider, um, making sure that you're breaking down your website so that you can be a lot more granular. I see a lot of people who are trying to rank for like hundreds of keywords using one page, and that becomes really difficult because you're starting to water down the relevancy of your content. If you're talking about you know, five or six different services all on one page, Google isn't going to be able to determine that this is actually the best content. Whereas if they're comparing it against a page or a site where that's all they're talking about is one particular service, then that's going to show up as more relevant than your content potentially. So um, I would say being actually more on the granular side than the vague and sort of broad side is really helpful in targeting those keywords and making sure that you are putting forward the best and most relevant content possible. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. But how can someone actually find the right keywords for their business? Yeah, so there's a lot of different ways. Um, there are, of course, plenty of free tools online, but I always like starting to look at the keywords that are already driving traffic to your site. Um, so again, there's some free tools that you can then put your domain and your URL into those tools. Uh, Moz is one, SEMrush is another um, that I, I use both of those and they give quite detailed information. So you can start to see, okay, what are people searching for that I'm already ranking for, that I'm already receiving traffic for. Um, I do also recommend that everyone has a Google Search Console uh, profile set up and integrated with their website. And this is essentially a webmaster tool for Google. And it's basically the window between your website and Google. So Google will show you what it is that people are searching for that leads to both clicks and impressions for your website. And then you can also uh, show Google your new any updates that you make, you can submit sitemaps. So it's a little bit technical, but the wealth of data that you collect from there is really, really important. Um, if you are a local business, also having a Google My Business profile will show you uh, what keywords people are searching for that brings up your profile. So you can get a sense there of what it is that people are actually searching for. You can also type in uh, what you think your target keywords are and see, are your competitors showing up? What are some other recommended searches that people um, are also searching for? You can usually see that either at the very bottom of the page or as you're typing, it will drop down some suggested searches. So you can look in there. Even just looking at competitor websites, if you know that you provide the same service as someone um, or have a similar product, you can look and see what keywords are they using in their page title, in their meta descriptions, throughout their website. So that can also be an indicator um, of some keywords that you should start targeting. Mm -hmm. You know, earlier you were talking about the importance of user experience. Mm -hmm. And in my head, it sounds complicated, you know, for someone <laughs> who's not used to it. So I'm wondering how can someone who cannot hire someone like you um, find the best way, you know, to optimize their website so the people who are visiting their website have a good experience on their website? Absolutely. Um, so there's a couple different things. The first is navigation. So are people able to find what they're looking for? Ideally, you don't want to have any more than seven options in your main navigation. So that's usually at the top of your website. Uh, after that, it starts to become a little bit overwhelming and confusing. And generally speaking, throughout your site, you want all of your content to be able to be accessed within three clicks or less. So if someone lands on your homepage and they have to click to another page, 
How many clicks does it take for them to get to your blog post or your resource page or your service page? So one of the easy ways to improve this is to link to your other pages throughout your site. So obviously linking your service pages right off your homepage or the main navigation. And once you get into your service page, link other resources or blog posts that you have. So it's really easy for people to find the information that they're looking for, but also to take the next best step. Um, so specifically on any product or service pages, you want to make sure that there's a very clear call to action. So what do you want people to do? Do you want people to sign up? Do you want them to purchase? Do you want them to contact you? Uh, so making it very clear throughout your website, what is that next best step for people is going to be really helpful. There's also some kind of, I'll, I'll air quote, technical things that are really easy to address when you are setting up your website. The biggest thing that I see that impacts a user's experience is large images really slowing down a website. Um, so I see a lot of people that have like rotating headers on their uh, website and that's something that takes a really long time to load and really weighs down a website. Um, making sure that if you've downloaded any apps or plugins or widgets, doing an audit and an assessment to see if you're actually using all of those because if you're not, your website still has to load each one of those when someone first comes on the website. And ideally your site should be loading in three seconds or less, um, which is pretty quick, uh, but those kinds of things can really bog it down. So um, making sure that, again, your site is sort of fast, responsive, people are able to navigate, and sort of a, a user experience, but also a keyword note is, I'm always surprised that sometimes I'll go on websites and it's really difficult to determine what people actually do. Um, a lot of people will sort of talk about the experience and the story behind their business, but they're never really explicit in the service or the product they provide. And so from both an SEO perspective, as well as from a user perspective, being really clear right off the top what it is that you do is a great way to make sure that people are engaged and that they come to the right place. So of course you want that on your homepage, but you're also going to want that on your additional pages, again, product or service pages, because not everyone comes to your website through the homepage. They might be coming through other locations. So making sure that it's really clear what it is that you do and what you provide will help to make sure that people take that next step and really engage with your website. That makes a lot of sense because, you know, nowadays the attention span is so low, you know. <laughs> when you were talking, I was actually thinking about all those websites where I actually seen, you know, people telling more about their background stories than what they actually do. And you're right, I left. You know, yeah. because it's such a waste of time. So I'd rather find someone who tells me quickly if they are the right person for me, that someone who explain me who they are. It's, I think it's the second step that we take. You know, when we're picking the right person to work with, mm -hmm. first we check out what they're doing, if it works for us, and then we want to find out if they would be a good fit. And that's when we go into the about section. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I, I recommend to a lot of businesses is to show your website to someone who maybe doesn't really know or understand what you do and ask them to explain it back to you. Um, so this can be helpful for when you're writing your initial copy, but it can also be helpful for better determining the user experience on your site. So, you know, send it to your mom or someone who, you know, is going to be kind in their feedback, but maybe isn't super familiar and say, 
can you figure out from here how to contact me? You know, how easy is it to purchase? So just watching and observing people using your website can be really insightful um, and not trying to guide them or say, no, no, you're supposed to press there, but seeing how they genuinely feel that they should move through your site or understand what it is that you do um, gives you a lot of really great jumping off points for improving that user experience uh, and making the most of the attention that you do have for people who land on your website, which as you said, is not a lot. <laughs> so bullet points, <laughs> getting to the point right away um, is really helpful in that regard. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the other thing I want to talk about are blogs. You know, I often hear that having a blog is super important for SEO. And I wanted to know, is it really necessary and how does it help? Well, I think necessary, I'll say it depends. Um, it would depend on the industry that you're in and the competition level. I mean, if you're a local service provider and you're the only one who does what you do and you're going to be the one that shows up number one, then I guess it's not as urgent. Um, but it's really a competitive advantage because not everyone does blog. And so you're able to deliver new, fresh, relevant content that not only increases your trustworthiness and authoritativeness for Google, but also for potential clients. And I see this a lot with you know, solopreneurs, service providers, um, you know, marketers, creatives, where they're really hesitant to share their expertise because they're worried that if they put together a blog post talking about, you know, a how-to that's related to their industry or their work, um, or, you know, putting together a resource or a guide, that people will then figure out how to do it on their own and they won't need to hire them. But the reality is that most people who are looking to hire a creative or hire a service provider don't want to do it themselves. <laughs> they want to hire someone who's going to help them, but they want to make sure that they're hiring the right person. And if you aren't demonstrating that you know what you're talking about in a really in-depth manner, then now all of a sudden your competitor who is a little bit more forthcoming with that information has that advantage. Um, so from, again, sort of that sales and user perspective, having a blog to demonstrate your knowledge is incredibly valuable. From an SEO perspective, like I'd mentioned before, this really allows you to diversify the keywords that you're ranking for. And, you know, I really can't understate the importance of blogs because I've had clients in the past where, uh, you know, they do rank and they do get traffic for their main services and their main products. But the majority of their traffic comes from blog posts. And it's not necessarily directly related to the product that they were selling, but it's, you know, addressing a problem or talking about a problem that their product solves. And so it does cast the net a little bit wider for people who are at a stage in, you know, the customer journey and the purchasing cycle that maybe aren't 100% ready to make that initial purchase, but they're sort of starting to investigate it. They're starting to look into it. They've identified a problem. Um, and by providing the information and the solution to that problem, now you've kind of made that warm introduction. So uh, now they're aware of your brand, even if they might have not searched explicitly for you in the past. Um, they've, you've demonstrated now that you know what you're talking about and that you have a solution to the problem that they've identified. Um, so it's a really great way to start warming up those leads. 
if you also do additional types of advertising, so if you do, you know, Facebook or Instagram advertising, it's also a really great place to then build out a retargeting list. So to start to, again, generate additional traffic uh, where you can now target people that you know are interested in the type of product or service that you provide. And those are much warmer leads than just targeting people in a certain age category or who have expressed an interest in something. So um, blogs are, are really valuable, again, in, in a lot of different ways, both from the sort of technical SEO side of things, as well as that genuine um, you know, connection with your potential customers and clients. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for some people, it might sound like a lot of work. And I'm wondering how often should someone publish a blog post? Yeah, that's a really great question. Uh, the way that I answer this best is to write as many blogs as you can create quality content. So if that for you is once a month, then write a blog post once a month. If you're super dedicated and you want to write a new blog post every single day and pump it out, then absolutely. But one of the things that helps content rank is the thoroughness and the completeness of the content that you're publishing. So if you're just writing, you know, 200 words and it's not really about anything, you're not really answering a question just to get new content out, then it's really not worth the time and the effort that you're putting into it. Um, So if you can only do one really solid post per month, then I would say invest the time in a higher quality piece of content rather than just trying to get many smaller pieces out. And there's a lot of different ways to make sure that that blog content is thorough and is complete. And it does tie back to those long tail keywords in that most blog posts really are trying to answer a question. So by identifying questions that your potential clients have, uh, that you've heard from clients that you currently have, maybe through the sales cycle, you hear a certain question coming up over and over again, by making sure that you give a fulsome, complete answer to that question and that it's formatted correctly so that Google can understand what it is that you're answering, then that content has the best chance of actually ranking, of driving traffic, and of providing value to your users. So what I usually recommend is coming up with sort of a topic or a theme, and then within that, coming up with multiple related questions that you can then answer. Um, And this, again, demonstrates your authority and your knowledge, but it's also really great for Google because they can say, okay, they're not just answering this sort of high-level question. They're really going into detail. They know what they're talking about because they're answering multiple related questions. And the great thing about Google is that you also have the opportunity to be featured in what's called featured snippets. So if you ever do a Google search and you see an answer that just comes up right away, it's not actually in a search result, uh, it's usually right up at the top, that's a featured snippet or a you know position zero, where it's actually above all the other um, organic uh, search results. And that's where you are explicitly answering a question and Google is then providing that answer directly to the user. So uh, the more thorough and complete that you can be and the more specific you can be, the more likely you are to qualify for something like a featured snippet. So um, yeah, being as detailed as possible and focusing more on quality than quantity is the best way to really grow and and strategize your content. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we talked about blogs, we talked about keywords, and I'd like to talk about meta tags. Would Mm -hmm. you explain what they are and why they're so important? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the 
basically, so this is kind of the code. <laughs> this is where we started to get slightly more technical. Um, but in almost every website platform, you have the opportunity to actually designate a page title and a meta description uh, for each of your pages, as well as for your site as a whole. And what these are is this is the content that actually shows up when you perform a search. So when you search for anything, the results that you'll see at the very top, you'll see the URL. And then underneath that is a larger title. And then underneath that, you'll see usually anywhere from like two to three sentences um, beneath. And so the page title is the larger text, and then the meta description is underneath. And this gives you the opportunity to incorporate your keywords, uh, as well as to describe your page and make it so that it's compelling for someone to click. One of the great things about including uh, your keywords in your meta descriptions is that if you have an exact match to the keyword that someone was searching for, it will actually bold that content in your meta description. So it kind of catches the eye and it shows people that, oh, this is a relevant search because what you were looking for, they have right here. Uh, so that's where it's really important to do keyword research to better understand what exactly it is that people are searching for because then you can tailor your content quite specifically to that. Um, there's a lot of different places throughout your web page where you're providing information and code and descriptions in the back end um, that give Google a better idea and understanding of what it is that your content actually is. Um, so for example, you're able to add alt text to your images. And this is uh, descriptive text that essentially just tells Google what this picture is of. Uh, and so that will help you with not only your image rankings, but also anyone who's using assistive technology will be able to better understand what it is that's on your web page, um, making sure that headings are noted properly. There's also a uh, code language uh, schema that you can mark up your website and actually note are things questions and answers? Is this about information, location information? So there's a lot of different code tags that you can add to your website. Um, but certainly within almost every platform that I've seen, you can very easily add those page tags, uh, the page title tags and the meta description tags. And that's what really is going to make a difference in how your search result appears on Google and the likelihood that someone's going to actually click through and go to your website. Mm -hmm. You know, you've been talking a lot about building authority. Mm -hmm. And I know that one of the ways as well to do it is with link building. Yeah. So first of all, I would like you to explain what is link building. And then secondly, I would like you to share what are the best ways to have links that refer back to website. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if we think of the web as a literal web uh, where every website is connected in some way. And Google actually has robots that are called spiders. And these spiders crawl the web. And from there, they read and they index and they look at content so that when someone performs a search, Google already knows what the best content is to pull up and to show to someone. And so if your website has a lot of links to it, that essentially increases the density of your web. And it's more likely that spiders will come to your website. And it essentially shows that, okay, this is a website that other people are referring to. Um, so clearly the, the content is of, you know, of high quality, it's reputable, um, it's trustworthy. So building links is an important part of search engine optimization. Depending on the type of business you have, there's a lot of different ways that you can go about link building. There's sort of the basic level of creating 
uh, directory and citation backlinks. So if you're part of a professional organization, having a profile on their website that links back to you is a really great way to get started. If you have a brick and mortar location, uh, then submitting to local directories so that Google can verify your location. Even having social media profiles is another way to link back to your website and just basically show Google that this isn't something that you've just invented one day. <laughs> this is a real legitimate business that other people have referred to. Then, of course, there's sort of a uh, public relations element and more of a um, off-site and off-brand um, opportunity for building links. And this can be done through guest blog posting. So reaching out to people who are in your industry and offering to write content for them, do some kind of content exchange. Um, of course, the more traditional public relations. I know there's lots of websites like uh, Harrow, Help a Reporter Out, uh, where you know media outlets are asking for quotes or for information, where certainly you can submit uh, information there. Again, if you're a part of a professional organization, asking to contribute to their website through blogging uh, can be another really valuable way. Through social media, those links also do help to build authority. So if people are sharing your content, um, you're posting frequently, that's another thing that can also help to drive those links back uh, and drive traffic to your website. So there's a lot of different ways. I would, of course, caution anyone who um, is maybe considering purchasing links. Oftentimes these go to very low quality websites and are actually flagged as spam by Google. And so it can really do more harm to your website than good. So it is an activity that is important, but it's higher effort and more time consuming to do correctly. So the best way to really do it is through relationship building. Um, so reaching out to again, either publications or other people in your industry that you can build a relationship with where it's much more authentic instead of just saying, hi, can you link to my article? And this person's like, I don't really know you. Why should I send mm -hmm. my traffic to your website? Um, so building those strong relationships is a really great way to start getting your name out there and start to generate some of those really high quality, relevant backlinks. Because at the end of the day, you do also want to have backlinks that could send potential you know, traffic that is actually valuable to you, to your website. You don't want it to be linking on some website that has nothing to do with your industry, nothing to do with your services. Um, you want it to be something that can provide value in multiple different ways. So it's definitely worth the extra time and effort. You know, you mentioned social media, and I think it's a simple way to build backlinks. And I would like mm -hmm. you to explain a little bit more how it works. Yes. Yeah, so not all social media profiles necessarily give a standard backlink. So uh, ones that I have seen are like Pinterest is one that does give genuine backlinks. Um, some of those more like search engine styles, even like YouTube. But what Google also looks for in determining what content is most relevant and what it should show is it actually does look for brand awareness. And so it looks for mentions across the internet of who is speaking about this brand, um, has this brand or company name shown up in other places. And so for uh, platforms like you know, Facebook in particular, but also even Instagram. Um, if your Instagram profile is then connected to your website and you drive people there, then it's more of a brand recognition than uh, specifically around backlinking. So it's important because especially if you're a new business, it can be really hard to prove to Google that, you know, you exist and that you're legitimate. And so by having an, an active social media presence and by having other people mention you there, you're actually helping to build brand 
brand authority. So that's why social media sort of does play a role in SEO because it allows Google to see, okay, this is a legitimate and real brand. People are talking about this person or this company um, and sort of helps to round out that general online presence. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Um, so another thing I was thinking about are reviews. I've heard that it's important to have good reviews on the website and so forth. How does it help, again, to build authority? Yes, absolutely. So there's a bunch of different ways and places that you can use your reviews. So Again, certainly if you have a uh, brick and mortar store, having a Google My Business profile is really important and having reviews on there. Uh, If you're in, say, the hospitality industry, there might be industry-specific websites like TripAdvisor, um, where people leaving reviews there actually does make an impact. But one of my favorite ways to use reviews is to provide social proof throughout your website. And ideally, those reviews will actually mention by name your specific service or product, um, because then, of course, you have additional keyword inclusion in that regard. But throughout your service pages, about page, uh, your contact page, certainly your home page, sprinkling in those recommendations helps people who maybe are just coming into contact with you for the first time or even have been scoping you out for a little while to start building that trust. Because as much as we can say, you know, oh, trust us, we're amazing, to have someone else actually vouch for you and to speak to not only the experience that they had with you, but also touching on what was the problem that you solved? What were people struggling with before they worked with you? And to be able to have other people then say, oh, that's exactly what I'm going through. This is the outcome that I'm looking for. And so I know that working with this person is going to be the best choice. Um, So certainly putting some effort into how you get your reviews is really worthwhile. Because I think a lot of us, and I've done this for a long time, is you just email someone saying, oh, you know, would you mind writing me a testimonial? And then they send back, you know, something that could be two sentences, could be two paragraphs, maybe doesn't hit on the exact words that you're wanting to use. It just might not be exactly what um, will speak to others. And so by creating some guiding questions and even creating like a testimonial or review form can be super helpful where you're able to sort of guide people into giving a review that helps them reflect on their own experience working with you. And then you're more likely to get a testimonial that really resonates with new and potential clients. So using that throughout your website, again, provides that social proof, provides the trustworthiness, and also helps you with keyword inclusion. Okay. As you're saying that, I'm thinking about fake reviews, because honestly speaking, you know, when I'm on a website, sometimes I'm just wondering if it's fake. And (laughs) I mean, you know the deal. What are your tips for someone who's trying to get reviews? Would you suggest them, for instance, to ask the person to upload a video or use pictures? What are your suggestions so that the reviews sound real? Yeah, I think, you know, when the customer or client is comfortable with it, linking and referring to a specific business can help. Um, I know, actually, it's funny, I don't know if you've watched it, but in Canada, there's the Marketplace episode on fake reviews, where people can pay someone on Fiverr, you know, $5 to make a video review and say, this is my favorite, you know, 
snack or this is my favorite thing. So um, there is, of course, always going to be fake reviews. But yeah, having images, having um, a link back to an actual legitimate business, and then also having that specificity that you can get from asking the right questions when you're asking for a review can also help to ease any of those concerns. Because if someone just writes something like, you know, oh, she was a pleasure to work with, and I'm really happy that, you know, I did this service. That's, of course, great to hear, but it's not very specific. Whereas to say, you know, this is what I was struggling with in my business before I met her. Now that we've worked together, you know, I feel so much more confident and already I've started to see an increase in my business. You know, something like that is so much more powerful and so much more specific because it speaks to the actual service or product that was provided. Um, so, of course, there's always going to be uh, some concerns from users saying, oh, is this, you know, only taking the good reviews? Is this is this fake reviews? Um, but having that diversity across the site, having you know multiple reviews, having it also on like a third party location. So something like a Google My Business or TripAdvisor where people are independently leaving that review, it helps to sort of reaffirm the legitimacy of any of those reviews. And one thing that I will mention is specifically for Google My Business, but I know a lot of other sites as well, there are some rules around compensating people for a review. And I know it's turned into a very common practice of, oh, you know, if you leave us a review, we'll give you $10 off your next service, or we'll give you a discount, or I'll pay you $50 um, to write a review for me. And this can be dangerous because if any of your competitors find out that you're compensating people for a review, they can actually flag that with the platform, and they could potentially take away all of those reviews. Um, so it's a bit of a dangerous game where it's good because you can get those additional reviews, but it can be dangerous in that all of those can be taken away. So um, finding oh, wow. a way to generate those without compensation is the safest way to make sure that um, your reviews are legitimate and that you're getting quality reviews and that they cannot be removed from any of your profiles. So I like to always <laughs> mention that as a word of warning as well. I mean, you should, because I've seen that a lot. It's so common that I'm even surprised, you know, that you yeah. mentioned that because I've seen that a lot. So thank you for talking about it. Yeah. Um, all right, so I know we covered a lot of things, but to make sure that we cover it all, I'd like you to share your final do's and don'ts for SEO. Yeah, that's a great question. So the do's would be around performing a bit of keyword research and not just going on your assumptions. I think once we actually start to look into what are people actually searching for, it can sometimes surprise us. Uh, so doing that keyword research, Updating your page titles and meta descriptions. By default, your website will put something in there, but it might not be the best thing. So making sure that you incorporate those keywords into your page titles and meta descriptions. Um, like I said, being clear about what it is that you do across your website uh, is really important, not only for search engine optimization, but also for user experience. Um, I would say maybe a don't is don't, overload your website with um, sort of bells and whistles and features. Uh, again, a lot of those like large images, moving pieces, pop-ups, all of these things um, can be you know, very detrimental to a user experience and your site speed. So avoiding that as much as possible, keeping things simple. Um, 
I would say don't ignore your metrics. <laughs> Maybe it's a bit of a, a do as well, but um, looking at either Google Analytics or any of your built-in um, metrics that you have access to, keeping an eye on how your website is actually performing is really important because that way you can measure where you're putting your effort for your marketing in general and seeing what the results of that actually are, especially if you're paying for any form of traffic. So if you're doing ads, if you're working with an influencer who's sending traffic to your website, um, making sure that you're actually reporting on that, you know, diving into your data and your analytics and seeing what's successful so that you are spending your time and your energy and your resources in the best location. Um, that's always the best way to do it. And then I would say another don't, anything that sounds too good to be true, <laughs> I would be wary of. You know, anyone who promises you that they can get you to the number one spot for hundreds of keywords or even a specific keyword, uh, anyone that promises hundreds of links back to your website, uh, anything that generally is sort of pay to play, I would be wary of uh, when it comes to search engine optimization, because again, Google is always looking for ways to make sure that the customer and the user is put front and center um, and that they are valued essentially above any kind of trick or hack or uh, method that you're using. So as long as you keep in mind, how can I make this better for my client or for a potential user to my site? That's a really good sort of guiding light to make sure that even if you're not diving into the technical side of SEO, but generally speaking, that's what's going to help to improve your content and your user experience. Teddy, thank you so much for sharing all those tips. It was very useful. Good. I, I loved it. I love how you broke it down. It was very simple. I loved it. Thank you so much. Great. Well, I'm so happy to be able to help and share and hopefully help other entrepreneurs get started with SEO and take some of the scary out of it. Yes. So before leaving, would you mind telling my audience where they could find you? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Instagram at Teddy Besna Digital MKTG. Um, and then you can also find me on my website, teddybesna.com. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure you rate this podcast a five star. It will help me keep this going. Talk to you soon.